The Versecast is brought to you by Engine. Create your free community website at enjin.com. In the virtual hangar of our minds, we are those guys with ships, and this is episode number 164 of the Versecast, our Star Citizen Gaming Community Podcast. Today is July 24th, 2947. Now, have you guys seen the latest Star Wars behind the scenes video? Yes. It's pretty awesome. Okay. What are what are your thoughts? Go first. I don't you got I, your thoughts written out here, but what do you what do you think, Leap? <laughs> Um, I, you know, the thing is, like, um, I, I watched over it. I thought it was cool. Uh, it was nice to see, uh, you know, uh, Boyega in a uh, in a TIE fighter. Or, I'm sorry, in an X-Wing uh, jumpsuit. I thought that was neat. Um, I like hearing him talk. It's like, it's like... Yeah, I think a lot of us were like, <laughs> he's just going to be comatose for the entire movie. Well, it's like, I, like, dude, well, no, he's just so British. <laughs> I, I am curious as to see, you know, is... Is he going to have any sort of cybernetic implants? You know, is he, you know, from from the damage he took from uh, the fight in Episode Seven? So, but you know, this time we actually saw him up and walking around. So I'm assuming probably not, but who knows? I'm guessing yeah. not only because he didn't actually lose a limb, which is a key component for having cybernetic items. Yeah, of some but kind. it kind of slices his spinal cord open. That's true, but maybe yeah. maybe nothing that we'll see directly. That might that might cause a little bit of damage. I mean, you know. Yeah, maybe he has to, you know, like you know, when he eats soup, he has to like drink it out of the bowl or something. <laughs> and we got a great shot of uh, Daisy Ridley running. You know that that basically, I saw that and I was like, you know what? I don't need to see this movie now. <laughs> it's just I, spoiling. Well, you see, is it like I, like a Tom, I, every Tom uh, Cruise movie? Like, all right, I've seen Tom Cruise running intently. I think I'm I'm done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's just oh, that's it. I, that's I don't need to see anything else. I'm done. That's characters running. Spoilers. Well, speaking of the Daisy Ridley, um, uh, in the in the trailer, she is quoted because it's it's a behind the scenes thing. It's not actually right. uh, ex- exclusively game footage, uh, or not game footage. Jeez, uh, movie footage. Uh, she says that the the movie as it is unfolding, or as it unfolded as they were shooting it, was unexpected but right. And uh, Mark Hamill said, things I never could have imagined. And then uh, our, our friend Finn, John Boyega, said, everything is being shifted in an opposite way to what the audience expected after Seven. Um, and uh, Ryan Johnson says, I'm hoping it will be a little shocking, but I'm also hoping it will feel real and honest. So now, have, have you guys seen Looper? I have. I have not. Okay. That was um, what? Bruce Willis and What's-His-Face with a Bruce Willis nose. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I did not see it either. Uh, so um, I've heard really good things about it. Ace, did you enjoy it? Um, it's a great movie if you're looking for a mildly cerebral uh, uh, action film. the The plot does sort of fall apart a little bit if you so sort of sort of fridge logic. If you like, try and break it down. I mean, it's a it's a two hour movie. Um, so there are some the whole the whole idea of Looper movies is that 
these are assassins who are sent back in time to kill mm-hmm. somebody before they become a problem. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a universe in which time travel is uh, sort of, I wouldn't say commonplace, but it's sort of like a, oh yeah, that's a thing now. Uh, right. And, and so he is sent back in time uh, to, I think it's to kill himself. You know that's what the case is. Something, something like that. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen it. Uh, so there's a whole bunch of weird uh, time travel, uh, mess with your head sort of craziness. But there's a lot, also a lot of fantastic action scenes uh, and a lot of very good uh, character and storytelling. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I, I liked it. I'm, I'm cautiously hopeful for whatever Ryan Johnson is going to come up with. Um, I'll be honest. Uh, as a giant Star Wars nerds, uh, as the the phrases I'm hearing from the cast make me cautiously hopeful, I'm also a little bit concerned, only because I'm like unexpected but right. Uh, I'm hoping it will be a little shocking, uh, uh, go in an opposite way than the audience expected after seven. I sometimes wonder because mm-hmm. when I when you when you hear that sort of stuff, if you if you do a lot of writing, sometimes you get sort of trapped in your own head and you think. This is going to be an amazing, fantastic idea, uh, uh, and you sort of misjudge where the audience's perspective on things is. Uh, you mm-hmm. see this often with TV shows. Uh, mm. I think probably the most famous one from last year was The One Hundred, when that when they killed a major character, and it was going to be like everyone's going to be talking about it. People are going to love it. It's going to be amazing, and the show lost a huge amount of its audience when it happened. Well, no, that's be- not that's not really a danger for Star Wars. I mean, no, but but I do I do you know I do sort of wonder if if I hope that they calculate correctly. I guess is what I'm saying. I'm is I'm the- sure they will. I mean, so far to date, um, Disney has done a pretty good job with the Marvel franchise uh, and Marvel. <coughs> Ron Howard and well, as I say, and Star Wars. <laughs> um, I do have concerns about Han Solo. Um, it is a bit unprecedented to fire a director or directors literally two weeks before principal photography is over. Um, but, you know, there were rumors swirling around Rogue One. There were extensive Rogue One reshoots, and Rogue One turned out to be spectacular. Oh, man. So, I think I mentioned in the last episode, go watch the trailer for Rogue One. Compare it to what the film is and right. discover so, that so, you know, and, and I like Ron Howard, um, so I think that, um, you know, I think Bringing Ron Howard in is a, is a good choice if things went south. Like I don't know what's going on with the Han Solo film, but I am more concerned about that than I am uh, Episode Two. I think, or I'm sorry, Episode Eight. Uh, I think that uh, hopefully, what the thing that I'm hoping for uh, with Episode Eight is it's a little bit more on its own. I felt that Episode Seven, understandably, I gave them a pass on this, but I felt Episode Seven was basically in a lot of ways, A New Hope, but a rebooted version of A New Hope. Oh, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, but the thing is, you're appealing to a new audience, you're resetting the franchise. I get why they did that. Um, and it, it's a good film, but it is definitely a bit of a retread. Um, so I'm really hoping to see, with the final two installments of the, of the Skywalker saga, um, I'm really hoping to see these last two films, now that they've done the soft reboot, now that they've reestablished the universe... I'm hoping that what they're saying is accurate, that the film is is stand on its own, um, different and right. Leap, what do you think? 
I, I already said what I, I'm, I'm excited. I think it's going to be unexpected, but right. I think yeah. that things I never could have imagined are going to happen. I, you know, I'm, I'm expecting that everything is going to be shifted in an opposite way to what audiences expected after episode seven. Settle down. Now, I think it's going to be a little shocking. Now, is it time for me to um, real, to honest. publicly reiterate <laughs> my um, my who is uh, Ray fan theory? I feel good sure. about it. I feel good about it. And, and you don't I, have a I, pet Snoke theory as if, well. If if I'm wrong, fine. But I feel good about it. Ray is mm-hmm. Luke Skywalker's daughter and a to be announced character that is Obi Wan Kenobi's daughter. Now, is this based on his romance in the Clone Wars? No, this would be here. Here is my fan theory. Um, so this is on Tatooine because Obi Wan's only in his what. Early, early to mid forties when he gets a tat, he's not that he gets old. A Tatooine, yeah, right. So he gets a tat. He's no longer a Jedi. He's bummed out. Maybe he rescues some chick. Maybe he rec- rescues some village from huts. Who knows what the story is? But think very Firefly. At some point, he he meets this chick. They fall in love. They have uh, they they have Congress. Uh, <laughs> um, maybe she leaves. Doesn't even know she's pregnant. You know, circumstances keep them apart. Kenobi never knows he had a daughter. This chick grows up, sees that she's kind of Force-sensitive. Her, her mother pieces it together. Who knows? The minutiae, I don't pretend to know. But the timeline fits perfectly. If Obi-Wan Kenobi, if they had a daughter and she would be maybe 20 years Luke's senior, 18 years Luke's senior... Uh, well, no, no, I'm sorry. Um, she would be right around the same age, excuse me. Um, because if he had her when he first got to Tat, or if... if this person was became pregnant when he first got to Tat, then, or even a few years, you know, this this child could be anywhere between one to five years younger than than Luke. So this child finds out who she is. She seeks out the last person that her father ever trained, Luke Skywalker. She shows up. Luke's like, "Oh damn, you're like Obi Wan Kenobi, but hot." One hmm. thing leads Are you to another. That, that her and her and Luke shacked up. So. By yeah. the way, to to uh, add some bona fides to this this the theory, um, I don't know how much you watched the Clone Wars. But yeah, there was a there was a Kenobi love interest, if I remember. Satine, correctly. yes, right. uh, she was the Duchess of Mandalore. She was right. killed during the Mandalorian Wars. Um, but they, it's very very clearly established in the series that they had a pretty intense romance. Uh, pre um, Anakin's appearance, so there is a right. chance that there is a Kenobi offspring somewhere in the galaxy that it may be even substantially older than Luke was. Yeah, but see, that's the thing, though, is if you're trying to line up the timelines, if you're trying to establish something that makes sense, then it would be Kenobi and some as of yet named character had a child. That child, when she realized who she was, went to seek out the last person to see her father alive, i.e., Luke. Um, they fall in love. They have a child. They end up producing probably the most powerful Jedi in the galaxy because it's got uh, because Rey has got Skywalker lineage and Kenobi lineage. So this would also make sense as to why she was once the Force kind of awoke in her. She was like, "Oh snap! I can do all sorts of cool Force things because she's part Skywalker and she's part Kenobi." Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's, it's interesting. I, you know, one theory that I heard um, was. Not some is that Ray is not going to end up being as important a character as we think she is, and that there, there, or at least the intention for that was never in place. And uh, a um, 
a bit of evidence used to support that is how the marketing of the movie after the fact, uh, you know, you know, with merchandise around the movie, didn't focus on Ray because they didn't see her as being, you know, people assumed that it was like a, a gender thing, but it was instead perhaps because they didn't see Ray as being a a focal character going forward. No, I don't agree with that because everyone thought that um, that Kylo was going to be the big hot toy because he yeah. was the bad guy, like yeah. Vader. Mm-hmm. I Everybody think that's the only that, that he was going to be. Yeah, yeah. I've heard similar that's, stories. I think that's really the only case here where they were just like, well, obviously everyone wants the boy doll and the, everybody wants the bad guy doll, so Kylo Ren's going to be the most popular doll. Oh, wait, people actually like chicks that are Jedis? Who knew? What a shocker. Yeah, I honestly... But that, that's, the, that's the gender argument, though. Well, but more than that, though, I think people assumed Kylo Ren, because he looks admir- you know, he looks pretty cool in that outfit, would also yeah. be the charismatic, sort of terrifying figure that Vader was. Um, well, and I had read from a few different sources that that was strictly marketing, that they, they just thought that Kylo would be the, the hotter selling toy. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and, and not even like, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I'm making a little bit of a gender argument, but really at the end of the day, it's just marketing where it's like the cool bad guy is going to be the toy that sells the most, you know, regardless yeah, yeah, of whether yeah. it's a guy or a girl. That's fair. So, That's fair. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, the other thing that this fan theory falls in line with is the fact that they have not yet announced the third standalone Star Wars movie. And there, if you don't think that there's a very real reason why they haven't done that yet, you know what I mean? So, you know, and then Ian McGregor's kind of, you know, smiling and winking and going, oh, you know, I'm right around the age that, uh, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi would have been on Tatooine. And I'm just saying, I mean, you know, I'd be down to play it if people were interested. In oh, you mean the one that, that, that's going to come after Han Solo? He's right. been doing that for a while, though. He yeah, has been he has. advocating for that for a long time. He has been, um, but it wouldn't surprise me because, like I said, they they scrapped the Boba Fett movie, um, and so we've done Rogue One, we've got Han Solo, and they have not announced that third movie. So I think, if my fan theory is correct, we will find out in this movie who raised uh, who raised parents are if it is Skywalker and an undetermined offspring of Kenobi that sets the stage for the final conflict in uh, in Episode Nine and also sets them up to go okay. Here's the third movie. It's an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie. Now that you're all salivating over how Obi-Wan Kenobi would have had a kid, we're going to give you a movie about it. But Jimmy, I'm predicting it's going to be Gungan Aquarium Simulator. Yes. Oh my. That, that actually is probably what it will be. But Jimmy, but Jimmy, <laughs> who is Snoke? Who cares? They'll figure that out. <laughs> okay. We all right. On. Enough of this. Enough of this. <laughs> Time. All right. Well, guys, we am putting out the vibe and the feels tonight for our friend Ben Lesnick. He has a, uh, a rather significant surgery coming up sometime soon. And we, of course, wish him and his family the best and hope that he will be back with us as soon as possible because this project needs him. We need him. Um, he's, um, he's, he is, um, I, some would say, me included, that he is as... Um, um, from a, a spiritual perspective, he is as important to this project as uh, as anybody else. So he he is a, he is the um, he is the fan he is the fanboy in all, and I mean this in a good way. He is the fanboy in all of us working at CIG. Oh, totally. Um, there there's a mm-hmm. there is a there is a charm and there is an honesty in that. So yes, by all means, uh, get healthy soon, Ben. Yes. 
All right, and now um, we'll just do this very quickly. Have you guys seen Valerian yet? Nope. No. Okay. Anything well, I did. <laughs> Interesting you should say that. Um, if, you, if you're going to it um, uh, for Fifth Element Part 2, uh, yeah, no. Um, <laughs> visuals, absolutely. And I, the reason I bring this up is because I'm going to uh, refer, refer back to it lately. I'm not going to spoil anything here. Uh, but um, amazing visuals, uh, very thin story made, absolutely wispy in places by gratuitous uh, graphics, uh, robotics, or robotics, graphics, robotics, um, and uh, some, you know, some at least one pointless dead end side story. Um, and you add all, you add to that um, poor character development and marginal act. I mean, the CGI characters in this movie actually have better chemistry than the humans did. Ouch! Uh, Ouch! Um, that is a damning it, statement. And so, what you get there at the end of the day is a disjointed, non-immersive slog of a movie experience, and it seemed much, much, much longer than the 137 minutes that it was. So, Batman versus Superman. Yeah, um, you know, I never actually saw that, so um, I'll take your word for you're that. You're not missing much. All right, so, um, but if you're into the visuals, if you're into absolute, I'm, and I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm glad I went. I mean, I, I definitely don't want my money back or anything like that. But if you're in for, if you're into it for the visuals, you will not be disappointed, especially and see it in 3D. Absolutely. And what's what's the fancy 3D, Jimmy? It's not the HD 3D. It's the other one. Um, anyway, there's there's different kinds of 3D. Do, you, do your researches and uh, and find the uh, the fanciest one. If you want to go see it, go see find, it in that because they find the fanciest 3D place to see your fancy 3D movie. Exactly because they did the 3D extremely well. Um, but uh, the reason uh, that I bring it up is well, we'll actually we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, so, guys, how are you? Good. I'm wow, we're 17 minutes and we're getting to the intros. Yeah, I know, no, right? Really. Um, I am good. Uh, I apologize in advance. Uh, the missus is playing the newest release of Splatoon, so if you hear obscene language coming from through the walls <laughs> from the living room, you will know why. All right. Jace? Uh Let's see here. Last night, uh, in a perfect blend of uh, uh, nerdiness, my wife and I went to an outdoor uh, cover band of Fleetwood Mac, and I brought my D&D book to uh, go through notes in. So that's that was my weekend. All, uh, as far as movies, though, I did see Spider-Man. You know, I, I did, too. Um, did you enjoy it? I loved it. I thought it was a fantastic return to form that, uh, that the amazing Spider-Man movies were lacking. I am- yeah, I... I, 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 I it- well, I'm sorry, Jimmy. Go ahead. I was going to say I am excited to see it, but I have not seen it. I haven't. I've it's been good. so busy. I've been so busy. I missed Wonder Woman in theaters. I've oh. missed Spider Man. I'm just like I'm just movies are just flying by me, and I, I keep missing them. Wonder Ugh. Woman was great. Definitely see it. And Spider Man was actually pretty darn good. I actually really enjoyed it. And and that just comes as just being a, a Spider Man fan in general. Uh, as a result of that, I've been remarkably hard on the Amazing Spider Man movies that came out because the Amazing Spider Man. Uh, series has been one of my favorite comic book lines. And they did some things right, but a lot of what they did was not very good, uh, and it was largely an excuse for Sony to hold on to the license. Uh, this this bringing him into the MCU feels like the right call, and was a very well done film. Yes, yeah, go definitely go see it. Michael Keaton is excellent. Uh, Tom Holland is excellent. Um, uh, it's there's a uh, 
the, the way they handled the story, um, the way that it, it 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 wrapped up, I thought was really good. And um, yeah, I think it's um it's um uh, some people were complaining it was too young adulty, and I can I can eh. see that criticism. And I I myself am not a fan of the young adult. I think uh, you guys both know that from uh, text chats we were it's having earlier today. It's, yeah, it's because you're old. Well, well, no, I've 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 never liked teenagers, even when I was one. Um, so, but. Definitely, it's it's. Um, I, I think that that's um, they handled that part of it well too. So, all right, all right. Moving on, moving on. Star um, citizens, star citizens, star citizens, citizens of. You're supposed to join in. Citizens of the stars. stars. All right. Production schedule report in weekly newsletter. Now, this would be the July 21st update, so the dates remain the same or, or similar. I didn't go through piece by piece, but um, so Ivacati sometime between now and August 3rd, PTU between sometime between the 7th and the 18th of, of August, and then released to live right around the Gamescom. Uh, in the uh, weekly newsletter, we got Behold the Cyclone. Now, did, did anybody get one? No. No. I like I like my um, I like my personal vehicles to not have wheels. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um, <laughs> I did. Um, I, I'm a, I, I think that I put in here uh, to ask if it was going to be playable in 3.0, but I think we've learned that it's not going to be. Um, I did pick up the base model in the pre-sale and then uh, bought a five dollar CCU uh, to the recon variant. Um, and uh, though it was bundled uh, in the sale, and the sale is ongoing through August 3rd, I believe, uh, though it is bundled with the Terrapin, um, and some of us thought that that might mean that the Cyclone would actually fit inside the Terrapin, which made me just really happy, uh, I think it's more likely that the pairing was uh, thematic because they're both um, uh, recon uh, uh, craft and uh, and not practical. So I guess, and I think somebody, um, uh, Mark was telling me, somebody had done a um, a size comparison using the hollow viewer or something and said that, that in, for it to fit inside the Terrapin, the Terrapin would actually have to be about half the size of a Constellation, which I don't think it is. So no, it's a tiny little tortoise of a ship. It is. It's my, it's my, uh, my nuclear turtle. Um, but that's okay. Uh, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to be keeping mine on the full steam space machine. Yes, that's right. Um, my caterpillar for the SNRs and the multiplay giggles. So, um, guys, concerns about gameplay in Alpha 3.0. So, I'm, my, my concern here, and I, and the reason I bring this up is because, um, I don't, I don't want, um, I don't want. I don't want this to be overhyped. I mean, I'm I'm so looking forward to this, and I don't want uh, expectations to be um, uh, to be shattered um, because of what we actually get. Um, so, like, I don't think I, I think hype is warranted. Honestly, you know, um, I, I think expectation should be addressed, but I think hype is warranted. Uh, this is it, we're getting a complete. Completely different game. We're, uh, we're, in my opinion, moving from beta to a true alpha. It, it, this is a big deal. This this patch. Oh no, I I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I, I think that it is. It's a huge leap forward. Um, but I'm I'm still concerned um, um, about the gameplay. I think that that many of us um, in the in the uh, Star Citizen community are giving this update uh, Jesus patch significance. I love, which, I love. I just read that and I'm like, oh, please say it, please say it, please say it. <laughs> Jesus patch and, significance. 
And I and I don't think that's a good idea. I think that once we get past the amazing visuals, that there very well may not be enough engagingness to hold many of us for more than a dozen or two hours of play. Certainly, there are going to be people that are going to get much more out of it uh, than most of us, you know, because there are players still in 2.6.3 who spend tens of hours per week in game. You know, they're mostly streamers and and, uh, and content creators. But um, so it is possible, and that will happen, and that's great because we'll be able to watch some of that stuff too. But I think for most of us, I'm, I'm going to say that this release will have um, uh, lots in common with the Arc Corp uh, slash social media release, which was amazing. I, that was a very, very special night when that dropped, and we went in, and I remember watching a gray-headed gamer who actually like he like left work early, just like you know dropped what he was doing and ran out because the patch had dropped and uh, immediately started streaming and like the the sense of just you know awesome on his face was like so cool just to watch that let alone you know actually going in and and seeing you know uh, our friends you know our friends characters in game and and walking around in in our corp so i think it's going to be more like that well Here's the thing. I, I, to an extent, I agree. To an extent, I disagree. And, and what I mean by that is, um, our corp is one very small play area that has nothing but shops. Mm-hmm. Um, Stanton, or, or uh, Crusader, I should say, is in essence a large map with almost no content. And the content that is in there is pretty simplistic. And they've they've said that this isn't a surprise. You go to, you know, you go to a static waypoint. And you execute a static mission. Um, there is no, you know, go here and get this thing and then go over to do this thing and then move over from here to go to there. There's none of that. It's very static. So, mm-hmm. you know, there isn't, there is no, when you really break it down, there is no real exploration in Crusader right now. Big map, not a lot of content. Now, mm-hmm. your concern is warranted in that now we're getting a bigger map. And mm-hmm. what kind of content are we going to see in that? So, in that respect, I do agree with you. That is a valid concern. We're getting a, a, a markedly larger map in that now we have moons to explore, um, and we're supposed to be getting a more in-depth uh, system. So, mm-hmm. I, I understand that that part of it because the thing is, where we are currently with Crusader is, and I apologize for the dogs barking in the background. There are they is, playing Splatoon too? Yes, they they're playing totally Splatoon playing. Too? Well, no, that they're is playing some serious uh, trash talk. The, the missus is playing Splatoon, <laughs> so she's too occupied in telling them to shut their pie holes. Um, so, basically, you've got an even bigger sandbox to play in now, right? And right. Where, where Crusader is right now, you know, you go and you do the missions. They're all static. They're all the same thing. They're all rinse and repeat. You get enough credits. You buy all the toys that you want, and you're kind of done. There's nothing else to do. There's no point right. in exploring. Um, there's no little nooks where people might be hiding because there's just nothing else to do. With 3.0, aside from the planets, we are getting a, a richer sense of persistence. We're getting a richer mission uh, system so that they can test things like cargo hauling. Uh, with cargo hauling, that is going to also open the door to mercenaries. That's going to open the door to pirates. There, there is a reason for someone to be a pirate now, where there wasn't really one before. The only thing that we had before was go find people and shoot at them. You know, right now there's a legitimate reason to go find people and shoot at them because you're going to be a pirate. There is a legitimate reason for me to go online and go, hey guys, I just picked up this cargo run in my freelancer or my cutlass. 
Um, mm-hmm. Can you guys cover me? Now, granted, there are some limitations, and we'll talk about this, you know, as the game develops. Like right now, you can't share, um, you know, missions. You can't split that, but you could potentially split the cargo. So there's ways around that. But point being is that we've not had that before. Where I mm-hmm. I can go into into Discord and go, hey guys. You know, I just picked up this mission. I, I don't have a good feeling about it. You know, can two or three of you pick it? You know, be my wingman on this. Yeah, totally. There is a reason to do it. So I think that you know the mission system will still be limited, but it will be expanded. Um, there'll be more, um, more um, options for things to go wrong. It, there'll, there'll be more reasons to do different things. So I, I don't think that people will be as bored as quickly. People will get bored. People, there, there are gamers out there that will run the missions, get them all done, do them two or three times, start to see the pattern and go, okay, I'm done, I've done my thing. But that's not what this is about. This is an, an, an open world sandbox MMO. You know, mm-hmm. um, I don't want to go back to the Star Wars galaxy as well, so I won't. But the point is that this is a universe that you can live in. To this point, we have not been able to live in this universe. The very defining mm-hmm. nature of this game, the reason why it's as deep as it is, the reason why you know there's so much time in development, um, you know, breaking down uh, the professions that we'll talk about a little later, um, is not to play a game. It is to live in a universe. It is to play the market. It is to play the odds. It is not to level a character to a certain point. It, it is a universe that you live in. And the reason why I find this patch so significant and why I, I'm not really super worried about how many missions there are, because there will be more and they will be better, is because this is the first opportunity that we have to legitimately live in the universe. And that's a big deal. Yep, absolutely. I, absolutely. And um, and I think that you, uh, being the reasonable, intelligent uh, uh, man that you are, um, are not necessarily typical of all of our community. And so my concern... Did you just insult is, like a quarter of the community? He just did. <laughs> Please send all hate mail to Gleep at... What, that, that they're, not a, they're not as smart as Jimmy? <laughs> Jimmy's not that smart. Boy, you're just digging yourself deeper, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, no, no, no. Oh, I, I get, I, I 100% get your point. The, the point that you're trying to make is that people are going to jump in, they're going to hardcore game it, they're going to rinse and repeat, and they're going to step away. I totally get that. Right, right. And, and, and that's fine. That's exactly where we need to be right now. And the concern is not what we're getting. It's not what uh, is, is complete. It's not what's, what's up. It's for the reception and the, um, uh, the, the what gets dropped relative to the expectations. Right. And, you know, this is nothing new for, for me. As that's, that's been um, pretty much, I think, my only criticism of CIG is their, is their communication on, on this sort of thing. Well, and, they're, um, they're still trying to figure that out too. Like, I mean, I, the, one of the things that they talked about was mining. You know, that originally, with um, when they originally talked about 3.0 mining in in the first iteration was just going to be a little gun that you could you know pew pew with for for rocks. But now they're mm-hmm. saying that they're actually trying to get a basic version of the of the mining ship mining mechanic into 3.0. That they feel confident that they might be able to make that happen. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think uh, all said and all said and, and done, 
Um, I I agree. We're not going to obviously. It's not the full game, and there's going to be a lot of things that are, are going to be missing. But I do think that we're going to finally have an opportunity to live in the verse, um, and that's the thing um, that I'm really excited about the the opportunity well, to just just exist there. Absolutely, and but you know the thing that is 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 again my concern is that we don't know what to expect and i think that a little bit of communication and i go back to we talked about this uh, it was back in march uh where we had that 10 for the chairman with chris roberts and tony z and uh, the the title of it was game systems in 3.0 and it was the uh they they answered 10 the 10 most upvoted questions on some spectrum forum because spectrum was was relatively new at that point and they ended up answering 10 questions that only tangentially had anything to do with 3.0 and were mostly about stuff way down the road. Right. Which I was extremely frustrated at that time about. It's like, you know, I'm trying to find out what what it is that I am anticipating here. What am I going to be able to do? Now, at that time, we didn't expect that we would be still waiting for 3.0 at this point, which is completely fine. It's not, it's not ready until it's ready. But... Now we're we're looking at getting it within the next month, and so we had um, uh, uh, last week or was it, was it last week or there not last Friday but the Friday before we had a happy hour interview uh, with a couple of game devs, uh, and the title was Game Systems in 3.0, and, and and here again though it was it was better because there was more to do with 3.0. There weren't I, I felt like it would have been much better. We would have been much better served. If um, if they could have answered some very specific questions, and I don't blame the, the devs at all because they were they were just speaking dev. You know, it's like people were throwing something out and they were devs responding to uh, to questions. But I, I think that Disco could have just said, you know, look, okay, regarding the insurance thing, okay, so I have a Hornet, I have um, uh, I have some some guns that I purchased uh, uh, in in the Voyager Direct store um, uh, with cat with a UEC I bought with cash. Um, they don't have any insurance on them. Um, uh, what happens if my ship gets destroyed? Um, where how where am I going to get my Hornet back from? What am I going to get back for that Hornet? And then how do I replace my special guns that I spent spent extra money for? Are those going to go? They don't have insurance. Are those going to go away? Is there going to be a reset at some point? Well, they've but, they've answered that though recently. What did they say? They said that uh, for this iteration, you're still going to get um, uh, test uh, test test credits. Uh, that uh, when your ship blows up, uh, you will get you will have to wait for one to be manufactured, uh, mm-hmm. and you will get stock components. Right. So does that mean that I lose yes. the size three chain guns? You do forever. No, I think well, I think anything. I, I'm going to go on a limb here and say that anything that you have actually purchased from the mm-hmm. store will automatically be in your... You will have to re-kit your ship. You, I, I am going to guess that anything that you've actually purchased, not, not buying with the temporary uh, credits, anything that you actually purchased in the store with cash um, will always be there. You will just have to re-equip it on your ship. You will get back... When your ship is ready after being destroyed, you will get back a stock version, and you will have to strip that and put your components back on. Now, if those okay. components were bought with credits in-game, you will probably have to buy them again. If they were purchased with real-world money, they're probably sitting in your inventory, and you can grab them and put them back on the ship. You see, you are making my point exactly. 
we shouldn't be speculating on this because it's a very, very simple question. But they, but they did answer it in in this in the sense of if your ship blows up, you're getting a stock ship back. The the thing, well, I, but they didn't say anything about my about my cash money bought weapons. Right now, which are which are important to me. But the thing is, it's entirely possible that they just take they're just taking that. They they have so much on their plate that maybe unless someone said, "Hey, this is a very specific question to people that have purchased items in the store," it just may not have even dawned on them to ask that question, or they may not have addressed it yet. You know what I mean? Or they may not want to give up the ghost yet. You know, there's there's so many different possible reasons. You know, I I get it. It can be frustrating when they're not really clear on things. No, I understand. I understand. And if the end, if they don't have the answer, say we don't have the answer. If they say we're still working out how to handle these particular situations, say that. Say things. Don't leave the internet to create expectations for itself about what's going to happen. Don't leave the internet well, to, to uh, fester. Yeah, didn't isn't uh, isn't uh, CIG like exploding? Aren't they broke or something? Isn't like isn't Chris getting ready to like eat the cadavers of his dead? Uh, uh, dead uh, programmers that have been chained to their keyboards for for sixteen days without like food or water or something. Wow, that got no. I, I think real I, fast. I think he's, he, he he still <laughs> he imports he has imported dead programmers from CryEngine. Right, right, right. Dead dead programmers are always better because they don't need to eat anything. I am now picturing picturing Chris Roberts as some strange beyond the pale eldritch horror that does like, creeps up behind you. Just <laughs> all right yeah, on the next I, project. I think I read that on Reddit somewhere. So I, you know, I, I, I understand you. You understand me. I, I think yeah, it's totally. it's just. I, I think I think that, and this has been my my persistent, um, uh, my sole complaint really. I think um, is that is that communicate what you know, communicate what you don't know, and don't leave me to have to try to guess about it. And and in the end, I don't care because it's not you know. Uh, I'm just I, I'll, I'll I'll find something to do, and I know that we're we're in process, and all of these things are going to be worked out in the end. But um, it's like don't keep setting yourself up to get knocked down again. Um, so um, and but and now now speaking of the uh, sort of extrapolating and uh, prognosticating, um, I think the best information that I have found uh, relative to uh, the release of 3.0 has come from Board Gamer. So I would highly encourage folks to go out and uh, check out his YouTube channel. Um, and um, he is he's very well I don't I doubt if there's anybody more well informed uh, from the fan perspective without you know actually working there um, than, than he is and um, and he uh, he is very detailed and very organized in the way that he shares his information um, and uh, and but he's just doing the best that he can with what they are giving us he's, so, he's fantastic he is yeah. I, I, I watch his stuff all the time I love board gamer it's concise it's quick um, it's easy to digest. None of the things that we do, absolutely love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't know. If you're coming here for news, you're... You're, you're getting it, um, but you got to wait a really long time. got to wait through a lot of stuff before you get there. Yeah. We're the podcast that my wife hates. She likes podcasts that, like, what's the stated uh, thing you're discussing? All right, get to that topic right away, not spend like... No, we're like... We're like talk radio, man. We fly casual. That's that's how we roll with those guys with ships. We fly casual. I don't know, Chewie. We're a gaming community. Casual. We're not news. We're gaming community. <laughs> exactly. Anyway. You're going to have um, fun. Yes. Uh, board Gamer. Fun. Absolutely fantastic. Everybody should watch his videos. Okay. Love it. All right. That. So, anyway. 
to summarize, my main concerns, I, I, I have concerns about the variety of the missions. And this is all just because I don't have specific yeah, information yeah, no, on totally. this stuff. Um, um, you know, are all the missions going to be cargo missions of one sort or another? And um, given persistence, how are we going to uh, go about getting everybody paid so that people want to keep coming out? Because calling your buddies and saying, hey, can you come help me out? You know, that's fine. But, you know, it's like Jimmy has a cargo ship. Ace has a fighter. It always works out that Jimmy's the one getting paid and Ace isn't. Yeah, no, you know? totally. And, yeah. The answer is very and, uh, simple. At some point, I just blow up Jimmy's ship and take his funds and take and take his cargo. <laughs> yep, pretty much. That well, you see, that's and that's a concern. Is if you incentivize piracy like that, then basically you're just going to end up with nothing but pirates. It's like the, if the way I get paid if I'm a fighter pilot is I got to blow people up, then you uh, you end and nobody wants to um, uh, run uh, escort for for me because I can't get paid that way. Then eventually you have nothing but pirates, and then you know. Don't you? You don't have a balance there, you know. Of, of, of and I know board gamer said something about uh, uh, the potential ability to share car. And you mentioned this too, Jimmy. Uh, the, I'm pointing at the screen like it's you. Uh, yeah. um, the potential ability to share cargo containers, and then you'd be able to turn stuff in. So you know, there's you know, there's also a really simple solution for this. Uh, okay. Well, we'll get we'll get to that in just a second after I'm done saying what I'm going to say. Okay. Um, uh, that, but that's gonna, that requires a level of uh, of uh, cooperation and organization that the average I think the average video game player, the average fan, is um, is is not necessarily going to have the average backer. I mean, because we we do have these people that are um, uh, like I said, they're they're putting in hours and hours and hours and hours. I was watching um, uh, the guy from uh, Big Brother, uh, Dan Giesling, um, and he's got a, a role play uh, org, and uh, and they they play all the time, and um, and they've taken what's available, the sandboxy nature of what's available, and they've turned it into gameplay, which is great. But that's a. I think the folks that are going to be able to do that are, are a relatively small percentage of the overall um, uh, uh, population uh, of the um, the backer community. So, um, you know, just please explain things a little bit better, you know, so that we don't have to guess about this stuff. Okay, Ace, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, my my simple thought was that you have missions that require multiple people before you take them. That say like you have to have a party, uh, and that party consists of say this mission is recommended four to six people which means you can have like a constellation and two fighter escorts and when the mission is complete everybody gets paid yeah but the, the thing is Ace, the, I, I, we all think we all know that's coming down the road I think Gleep's principal concern is the initial release of 3.0 oh 3.0 yeah I find it yeah, unlikely that something like that will be there I, I mean you know eventually yeah they're, they're yeah as the mission system develops, I think it goes without saying that they're going to have to figure out ways to pay, you know, crew to, to figure out how to divvy up uh, cargo and all of that stuff. Um, but I think Gleep's initial concern here is is how much playability will there be in the first release of 3.0? Um, and, and it is a valid concern, you know. Um, I mean, you bring up a good point, Gleep. It's, there are different, different people play games differently. Um, mm-hmm. I I am always attracted to living in a virtual universe. I can mm-hmm. I can turn something into nothing very easily if I'm if I'm bought in on the game. Um, You're a wizard, Jimmy. Not everybody can do that though. Um, and so, you know, and the thing is, where like I said, where I said earlier, where it stands right now, there isn't really much of a game. Um, a 3.0, in my opinion, is the birth of that game. It's the birth of of a universe to live in. So. How much playability is in the actual hard content is to be determined, um, but there's a it's a 
big sandbox to play in, so hopefully we'll all be able to stay busy. Now, are we going to get the Delta Patcher in 3.0? They've talked about it. I don't think they've confirmed it, though. I think that it's a goal. That would be so huge. If they could if they could pull that off, then um, if if nothing else, then people would uh, the people who are just sort of on the fence because you know we we, we describe the extremes uh, with the idea of trying to give some sort of context for the population. Uh, but if they could do that, then it's easy to make the argument. It's like, oh, well, the Delta Patcher is out now, so uh, there's only 15 missions available at the moment. Chances are, you know, next week at this time, we can get two more. Then we'll have 17. You know, uh, a couple weeks from now, maybe they'll have uh, another mission giver ready to go. We can put that person in. Maybe, you know, they'll be able to pop another uh, another wrecked uh, uh, ship uh, on one of the moons. And so there will be another uh, bit of loot to go uh, um, exploring for. So um, I, th- I think that that will help alleviate the... Um, the perception problem because if you if you don't have the delta patcher and that you have the release of 3.0 and people are, are disappointed they're going to say well when was when did we get 2.6.3 that's been months and months and months ago um do we have to wait months and months and months to get the next thing you know so maybe because because right now the 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 patch process is 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 a big thing you know i mean it's not a it's not a a, a minor undertaking. They have to rebuild the game rather than sending in, you know, um, the differential, the delta. So, anyway, I, I, I think that would help a lot. I hope, I hope that that is the case. But so, anyway, and why I brought up Valerian back before is because I was sitting there and I was watching it, and um, I remember hoping while I was watching it that um, um, Alpha Three of Star Citizen is is something more than this because you know I I felt. You know, I, I felt enticed or sort of trapped by the movie in that I was confronted by wave after wave of the eye candy with absolutely nothing to do except letting it let it keep hitting me. I mean, there was no story to engage with. I felt no connection to the movie, and I had and had I held any expectation for um, it beyond letting the visuals happen because I had heard ahead of time that it was it was go for the visuals. Uh, you know, uh, check your expectations for a story and uh, acting at the door. Um, you know, if if I had had those expectations, I would have hit escape and quit long before it actually ended. So that's where I'm at with that. So we'll we'll see um, the 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 numbers or the the dates in the um, in the production schedule. They have remained the same. So I think we are um, we're going to get something soon, and I am excited about that. Oh, it's the the bun is definitely close to being out of the oven. One hopes <laughs> you. Fine. So, um, uh, yeah, and we got a couple of, of RTVs. Um, again, um, all bright, all shiny. Uh, sometimes they're informative, too. Uh, we have the shape of the derelict ships. We got that um, on uh, the 13th of this month, so that would have been... Great. Speaking of, of visuals, fantastic yes. visuals. In oh, that, in yeah, that, uh, these were amazing looking. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And that's the, the, the thing that, you know, that... Uh, we have gotten so much of that that um, you know at least I, I have become spoiled by it. Like it's like oh, oh hum, you know another ten. You know I mean it's like you know it's like vacationing in you know in uh, in uh, in Brazil. You know at the beach. Eventually, so, you just sort of get used to it. Yeah, you know it's well. I don't. Know. Boy, you and then we got out, didn't you? Yeah. Um, the particle effects the key- are so good. <laughs> yes, my particle effects are exquisite. 
Um, yeah, and there was um, the the Star Citizen Lost and Found. That was the one that was in the um, um, uh, the 13th, in the, in the shape of derelict ships, right? The who? There, start, there was another video they released. It was a part of the shape of derelict ships ATV. It was a, a segment called Lost and Found. That was the one about the salvage people. Right, 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 right. Right. So, and in that you saw, you know, um, there was one image of uh, somebody cutting through the um, uh, the the um, airlock of a um, of a ship that was buried in the ground, um, and then going in and exploring and and um, uh, you know ferreting out uh, valuables, I guess, to to take back and sell. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, that's that stuff there. I mean, that you know, yeah, I'm I'm going to enjoy doing that the first half dozen times. After that, I'm I'm probably going to be less excited for it. But um, I. Visually, it's it's amazing. It's like the stuff that they're doing visually is um, um, just it's spectacular. So, hence the um, the uh, uh, the over. Um, can you get desensitized to? I guess I get desensitized to high fidelity. Uh, yes, totally. I don't know if you can say desensitized, but it stops having its its uh, getting wowed by it. I mean, you can still be like, that's beautiful. <laughs> And that's uh, different how. Well, in the sense that you still recognize it for its majesty. Uh, I feel like desensitization sometimes you're just like, all right, that's, there's nothing new about that. Let's move on. Yeah, okay. Could be. I, I think, um, you know, I think to your point, though, um, it's going to be time-consuming to find and, and go through every single derelict ship. You're not going to... I don't... Given the, the sheer size and scope of, of the verse, and I don't know if there are going to be waypoints to these ships. I don't know if there are going to be uh, missions to take you to all of these ships. I have no idea. But I would think that if they're scattered randomly throughout the throughout the three moons that we're going to have to explore, it's going to mm-hmm. take a fair bit of time to find them. Yeah, and, and one thing that I heard... I can't remember where I heard it. Uh, maybe one of the other podcasts that they were saying that there's still a possibility we may get beacons in 3.0 because that would make that a lot easier. Well, I think um, I think we should see some form of beacon. Yes, they, they CIG has talked about that um, beacons that will be able to drop uh, out in space so that mm-hmm. we can find each other, um, and then also there's some sort of flare gun. That I believe you can use for beacons on planet side. Thing is, you're gonna have they're gonna have to address that, and I would imagine that that is a feature we'll see in the first release of 3.0 because it's gonna be it's already hard enough. It's gonna be a nightmare to try and find somebody on a planet. Um, oh yeah, they have yeah. to do so. They have to put something in place, and every indication that I have based on the things that I've seen is that we will see a beacon uh, or or a, a waypoint system. In uh-huh. the initial release of 3.0, I would be. I'm over here by the crater. If we didn't. Yeah, exactly. By the big crater. You know the big one. <laughs> no, no, the big one. Um, yeah, I, I think um, I think that that's um, that would be very very helpful and and useful also for uh, for folks that um, are open to. I mean, because you know there there are gamers that is like basically if you don't have a quest chain that I can go out and download a third party app. That lines it up, so I do boom, 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 boom to maximize you know the amount of uh, money that I'm going to make in over the shortest period of time. They're not going to play, 
you know that, that that's just you know which is fine I mean they're they're off doing other stuff um, uh, but then there are people that are kind of on nearer the other end where it's like if you give me just a few simple tools to use then I, I will take this sandbox and I will create gameplay um, uh, for me and my friends I right. mean you, if you give me the ability to put down some simple beacons on any of these planets I can create a racetrack done you know, um, it, it's much harder to uh, say, okay, good, okay. So the, the racetrack is you go to the big crater, then you go to the smaller crater, and then you uh, turn around and you go over to the uh, the crater that's um, you know sort of the same size. You know, you, it's that doesn't work as well. I mean, I suppose you could like go park ships out there, but then you still don't have any way for people to home in on those if you don't have if you don't have some sort of beaconage functionality. Right. No, I get it. I had that album. I had that album. Um, so yeah, no, I, I think that that's um, that's good, and it's all like I say, it's you know, it's it's all beautiful, and it's all going to be so good. And um, trying to um, uh, temper my my expectations for it. Um, so and then uh, Jimmy, you were saying something about the the kiosks and the commodities. You um, you did um, um, uh, uh, some uh, some research into some of that. No, I um, I did some research oh. into. <laughs> Um, the uh, the most recent ten four was one of the ones that I, I paid particular attention. Oh, to. that's right. I, yeah, I pulled the, uh, the, the kiosk so, t- system. Um, I, you know, I mean, the thing is, broad strokes on the kiosk system. System, um, the new user interface is spectacular. Uh, if you haven't had watched any of the ATVs that talk about that, by all means, please do. Um, it's well worth it. Uh, I am very excited for the new Mobileless functionality, uh, and also just a whole new UI because uh, you know I don't think any iteration of the UI to date has really been much of anything um, and you know it's gotten steadily better and we all know that this has to do with you know it's an iterative process but mm-hmm. the new UI looks ugh, and we've seen teases of it for over a year now so I am fiending to get my hands on that new UI mm, yeah and it's gonna and there's for the um, the kiosks they're going to have like a variety of them too it's not going to be the same kiosk everywhere you go right I believe so yes yeah, and um, oh, and I, I think uh, earlier today, Mark uh, Mark uh, linked us an article from uh, from the Reddit's uh, that uh, that A should be happy about that. Apparently, he's going to be able to play Skyrim in Star Citizen. I so. saw that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So you'll you'll have gameplay forever. I know, right? <laughs> so uh, so uh, please, uh, Jimmy, the ten four. Oh yeah, right, the ten four. Still having a hard time with my uh, my push to talk here. Your 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 picture just keeps popping in. And <laughs> I know out it's and crazy. In and out. I'm trying to fix the the push to talk thing. Um, just I, you know, I had an opportunity to really kind of sit down and watch the most recent ten four with Tony and uh, Chris, and mm-hmm. uh, the, you know they 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 knocked down quite a few questions. Um, they again. They haven't really given me a smuggler system. Um, I, you know, I'm not really sure what the contraband system is going to entail. But one of the things that I thought was interesting that they, they had talked about was, uh, obviously, if you're smuggling, you're not going to be loading up an entire hull sea with contraband. Um, so mm-hmm. one of the things that they had talked about was you're probably going to be you know, smuggling diamonds or 
you know, alcohol, which that gives you some insight. You know, we know there are bottles of alcohol in game right now, which leads mm-hmm. me to believe that there are going to be certain sectors within Crusader or within Stanton um, that are going to be dry communities, and so you're going to have to smuggle in alcohol. So I'm sure we'll see that. Um, they had made mention in, in previous ATVs about you know stumbling onto a drug lab, so I would imagine that there we'll see an introduction of some sort of narcotic. Who knows what that? Maybe it's going to be gl- uh, glitter or widow or any of the things they've referenced, you know, a couple years back in Spice um, uh, Lore Guide, right? So, Spice. so you know, flow. we're going to see that stuff as well. But I still haven't heard, you know, specifically what the contraband system is going to be. And you know, they had mentioned, you know, you're going to be taking these smaller items and you're going to be putting them into hidden compartments. But one of the things I thought was really cool was the, the depth of NPC play, right? Because they were talking about you're going to, for example, with illegal cargo. You're going to have to clear customs. You're going to have to hope that they don't find it in a scan. But then, what do you do when you land your ship? You have to get that cargo out of the hull. You've got to get that cargo past security. And you've got to get it over to, you know, wherever it is that you need to go. And, you know, that opens the whole door to, you know, critical thinking in the way that you approach it. You know, is there a way that I can get around the checkpoint? You know, maybe my friends cause a distraction and I sneak by. Um, You know, what kind of masking technology is going to be in-game at 3.0 to allow for us to um, smuggle cargo past customs? Uh, I I thought that was incredibly interesting. Um, One of the things that I thought was incredibly adorable was that Tony kept referencing the NPCs as the NPC community. (laughs) Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so, and it was funny because he was talking about, one of the questions was, um, what do you do, what is going to be the reset mechanic for if, if props are destroyable, if you're able to blow out windows and blow up laptops and, you know, shoot holes in chairs, uh, What's the reset mechanic going to be like on that? You know, how is that going to work in in, in this persistent universe? And I thought it was ama- I thought it was just incredible. It made me laugh. That Tony was like, "Well, the NPC community will go behind and clean that stuff up." Right, right. And it's just like, wow, that's some deep, some deep shizzy right there. I mean, they're really like putting some time and effort into, you know, the and and we know they've been doing this for a long time into the AI and how the AI is going to function. So. On a station, if someone, you know, breaks a glass or shoots a hole in the chair, then at some point an NPC will come out and replace that chair or replace that glass. I want, like, a grumpy NPC to come out there and, like, put his hands on his hips and go, all right, come out there and be like, again, every day somebody shoots a hole in this chair. Every day (laughs) I have to come and fix this hole in this chair. You're killing me, people. That'd be great. Yeah, I... I'm an NPC, I know, but I got a life. Yeah, exactly. I got a life I'm, over I, here. Listen, I'm part of the NPC community. You know, we, we we play Scrabble on weekends. We play charades. There's movies for us to go see. We're part of a community. You know, they're gonna the NPC. You're gonna piss them off and piss them off and piss them off, and then pretty soon they're gonna Skynet rebel. goes live. It's true. Yep. The NPC yep. community yep. is just gonna start blowing up our ships. There's gonna be NPC pirates that are just gonna just lay waste <laughs> to everybody in the verse. <laughs> The, the NPCs are going to turn into reavers. It's true. It's true. <laughs> I just like the um, idea of an NPC community being uh, something like uh, the old uh, television show Reboot. It's all the NPCs who like get together after hours and grum about the player characters abusing them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That'd be perfect. So, uh, you know, 
talking to your point earlier about um, you know how much is there going to be in the game, you know there are a lot of questions. You know, one of the things is how much of the NPC AI are we going to see? We're obviously not yes. going to see its, its, yes. its fully fleshed out self, but are we going to see any of it? Because from the way that they're making it sound, you know, and we've always known about the 90, 90%, 10% rule where the, the universe is going to be heavily populated with NPCs doing their own thing. But now we're starting to hear kind of real world uh, what, they're, what they're going to be doing, like cleaning up uh, and allowing for uh, different props to be reset. What a brilliant way to use an NPC. Um, right. They're talking about uh, one, of the thing, one of the questions was, Will we see autopilot for long hauls? And and I don't know if if in the first iteration it's going to be a button, but long term there we will have NPC pilots, we will have NPC crew, we'll be able to set them up to do their own thing. So mm-hmm. one of the takeaways that I took from from the list of questions was just how deep the NPC community is going to be, um, and and also how critical thinking is going to come into play based against. You know, playing against AI. You know, again, mm-hmm. I go back to the smuggler analogy of, you know, how am I going to, um, you know, smuggle this crate that I have to carry by hand through customs to get to the other side to deliver it to my supplier? Um, I have no idea, and I'm really going to enjoy trying. Yeah, yeah, one of I, the, absolutely. One of the earliest videos from um, Elite Dangerous that I really enjoyed is an early beta footage of a guy smuggling cargo into a hangar and he does it by uh, aligning himself with the vector of the hangar's entrance powering up to full speed and then putting himself into silent running and then just coasting on no power right up until the entrance and then turning all the power on just as he gets to the entrance blitzes past the police and then you know full braking when he gets into the station and that's sort of like precision careful clever flying is something I'm really hoping for for something in Star Citizen yeah, uh, that's that's uh, allowing for that kind of creative gameplay. I think is, is yeah, um, it's is, great. It's great, and I and I'm I am 100 percent sure that we're going to get that. The thing is, like you know, everything that they have talked about doing and everything that we're seeing implemented slowly but surely speaks to to a level of care and a level of attention to detail that you just don't see in general. You know, mm-hmm. the fact that the user interface is an actual device that is attached to your character's wrist. Uh, the fact that the NPCs are what are going to be utilized to reset props. Um, all of these little things speak to an incredibly immersive experience. Uh, so Absolutely. I, I am, I may not have been playing a lot in the last month or so because we all know where the game is. It goes without saying. But I'm as mm-hmm. excited today as I was when I first backed the game. And and watching the game grow and watching what's coming down the pike and, and hearing what the plans are for, for you know things like NPCs, I love the fact that I will now have an NPC community to play with. And they're looking forward to playing with you. Absolutely. Um, some of the other things to touch on, uh, somebody had mentioned in, in regards to mining, uh, you know, were there going to be hazards beyond pirates, things like trapped gas? And Tony didn't address the, the question specifically, but he did say that things like long quantum jumps are going to get boring, and they want to do things to make them not boring. So a long quantum jump, whereas if you have to go from one end of a system to another, it might take a half hour to go. But along mm-hmm. the way, you know, they want you to hit 
micro uh, black holes, and those micro black holes will knock you out of warp. But if you're, you know, if you've got the right ship for it, you can scan it and you can map it, and then you could possibly sell that to a scientist that wants to buy it. Um, right. You know, so there's lots of little things that Tony wants to put in, or that they're working on putting in, and and to mining, yes, they they would like to see, you know, traps or or you know trapped gas or things like that. Uh, cause problems in the process, so I think that's really cool. Um, so so much better than than fast travel, right? Know, instead of instead of putting <clears throat> Game of Thrones, um, that that they put that kind of stuff to to keep the immersion real, but not boring. You you, you because because likely if you were actually out there, it wouldn't be boring. Right. Um, things like cargo. Someone had asked the question. Um, you know, is is all cargo going to? Is is it a manual cargo load? Because people want to load their ships manually, and you know what they said makes sense. Um, in some cases, yes, and in some cases, no. You're not going to manually load a whole a whole sea. You know what I mean? No. When you're talking thousands of pieces of cargo, uh, Chris had said it's like it's like going to the, um, any you know any longshore dock. You know there are tools and there are crew in place to do that stuff so you know smaller cargo yeah you're probably going to load that up yourself larger cargo is going to be automated npc npc community npc community doing the job to make life a little bit easier so um so yeah so broad strokes that was kind of the stuff that they talked about um i thought it was a really good uh 10-4 i thought there was a lot of useful information in there and one of the things that i really like about when it's chris and tony they talk over each other they're both really passionate about what they're doing um Mm -hmm. and if you're really paying attention you pick up little bits and pieces of of where they're going with the game and and you know what we could potentially see in that first pass of 3.0 Yes, yes, very, very sad. I, I imagine, like, you know, Chris and Tony, like, screaming at each other in the hallway. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Oh, one, the work environment. One other point. Um, yes! Someone had uh, asked about uh, how, how fluid it would be to switch between professions. Uh, you know, if you're going to be a doctor one minute or a cargo runner the next minute, you know, how does that work? And both Chris and Tony said that there are no hard set of rules. It's not like a traditional MMO where... You know, and we all know this. There's no skill leveling in the game, so there's you're not leveling to be a doctor, you're not leveling to be a cargo hauler. But the way that they're working around that is because there has to be some level of progression when you're playing the game, and so it's going to be based entirely on reputation. So you can day one jump into the game and you can go ahead and haul cargo. But if you don't have any rep- a reputation in cargo hauling then you're not going to get jobs where you're moving, you know, 5 million credits worth of cargo. You're going to get a job where you're moving one thing for 300 credits, and then you're going to earn a reputation as a cargo hauler. And so, you know, the other thing they would mentioned was, for example, if you're a pirate, you may have a great reputation in one system of, of being, you know, the pirate in that system. But, you know, another cartel in another system doesn't know you. And so when you go there, you're going to have to earn... Uh, reputation with them to unlock the higher level missions. So, basically, they're holding true to their to their original concept, which is there is no leveling. Uh, you know, it's based on your Twitch, but you know your skills. You know, your actual skills at flying a ship and actual skills at shooting a gun, um, and based on the equipment that you have. But there is still going to be some level of progression in regard. It, 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 as it relates to reputation. And I thought that was a really cool way to implement progression. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's uh, because it, it makes it feel like you're earning something. Right. 
and, and you're and you're earning something using skill. You're not right. you're not earn, you're not earning something by you know bringing back twenty five um, you know otter pelts. Right. You know? You're not getting a, a plus twenty five to cargo haul. <laughs> well, that would, that, would, that would be nice. I mean, if you have one of those big ships, you know, good and hurt. <laughs> totally. All right. Well, guys, um, please do go to engine.com. They are the quick, easy, and free solution for hosting your community website. That's engine.com. Be sure to check out Star Citizen The Base Radio at thebase.sc, where you can find rebroadcasts of our show happening throughout the week. Go to the INN and learn some things. You can find it at imperialnews.network. You can reach us. You can reach the show. You can reach the podcast. By email, you can reach us at comms at versecast.org. On Twitter, we are at versecast. Do be sure to use that hashtag TGWS to join us. To join our organization, you still need to go to robertsspaceindustries.com slash org slash versecast. On Spectrum, you can find us at robertsspaceindustries.com slash spectrum slash community slash versecast. And on Steam, we are those guys with ships. But don't forget, do not forget, please remember to check out our Star Citizen Gaming Community website. It is versecast.org. Do not touch me there, Echo One. My name is Gleep, and all my contact information is in the show notes. Jimmy? You can, as always, find me most chatty over on Twitter at Jimmy Croker. Uh, you can find me every Thursday night, 9 p.m. PST, on the base doing my show Quantum Drive. It's a mix of music and lore. Uh, this week is, uh, we, I am get very quickly approaching a new season of Quantum Drive. Uh, this week is episode 12 from season 3. And then I have mm-hmm. just one more episode after that, uh, episode 13. So this week and next week are the last two weeks of hiatus. And uh, I start back again in three weeks with a brand new episode. Yes, and we will, um, uh, and you can follow those episodes live. Uh, they're announced on the Twitters, and then we also hang out in the Spectrum community chat. So Absolutely. I will, uh, I will be back full bore in all of our uh, chat channels chatting out up with everybody in between songs and uh, as a matter of fact this week's repeat uh, is uh, Ferguson's Vapors yes with a uh, special guest host the one the only Turd Ferguson often imitated never duplicated it's true it's all true Ace hi uh, I'm Ace Azamine. Uh you can find all my information in the show notes I am vaguely curious Gleep what is the reference for your line? Do not touch me there, Echo One. What's that a reference to? Mm, funny, you should it? ask. Am I gonna have to Google it? I'm, no, no, it's uh, from Lone Echo, uh, the uh, game that just released uh, for the Oculus VR. Mm. Very, very good. Very Interesting. Good. Wow, it is. Uh, like I said, you can find all my information in the show notes. Uh, good night, Gracie. Uh, tonight. We are, our episode is brought to you by Kobolds, the lowly, lowly Kobold. Uh, oh. They oh, are strength, strength in numbers. They are tunnelers and builders. They worship a lost lesser god. Um, they are, uh, you know, just a, just a challenge rating of one quarter, but they are often <laughs> in groups, so watch out. That is the lowly Kobold. Yay, kobolds! They're like they're like the murlocs of WoW. They're like the yeah. murlocs of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, they, they are. They are like you want to practice and learn how to do this. You kill a kobold. <laughs> you ever see the Warcraft movie? No. 
not fantastic, but there is a Murloc in it, and it warmed uh, my heart when I saw it. Awesome. Yay, Murlocs. All right, until next time, then. We are those guys with ships, and this has been the Versecast. See you guys. Bye. I don't see you. Sounds like a single hit point to me. That's a heck of a impersonation as well. Alright, guys, uh, we are a group of Murlocs getting with